And now would you turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. And let me read it for you. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. Verse 45, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. And I would like to invite Reverend Ting to preach the sermon, Reimagine Sunday School. Reverend Ting, please. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we study your word, we pray for your spirit to come and guide us into your word. Renew us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Reimagine Sunday's goal. Yeah, actually, this is a series of um, a renewed church, a renewed membership, a renewed Sunday school. Yeah, so, uh, but I put it in another way, reimagine Sunday school. So let me ask the children among us. Is there any children that is below seven years old? Can you wave your hand? Yeah, in the congregation, yeah, I saw, I see one. Those who are below seven, Whoever cook eggs, boil it or fry it, whatever it is, whoever cook an egg, those below seven. Anyone? No? One, yeah. Leanne, I saw you. <laughs> Very good. Who else? Other children? No? Never cook an egg. Why? What did your parents tell you? Why don't they allow you to get, cook an egg? They may say, oh, that's dangerous. You better don't do it. Yeah, I'll cook for you, right? Most of the parents, I think, um, a lot of parents will do, do that for children. For the children that is aged between 7 to 11, can you wave your hand? Where are you? 
seven years old to 11 years old. Yeah, I see a few of you. Is there any of you ever hand wash your clothes? Is there any of you ever hand wash your clothes? Because there is stain or anything, you hand wash your clothes. Yeah, I see one, two, very good. Who else? <laughs> Three. Wow, it's a boy here. <laughs> yeah, who else? Why most of the children are? I see a few. Yeah, very good. Yeah, good that you, you can hand wash your clothes. Now I want to ask those who are 12 years old this year, is there any among us? 12 years old. There. I see a few. Yeah, did you ever go hang out one full day alone? No. <laughs> no? Why not? Why? Why don't you hang out whole day long by your own? Maybe with friends, maybe or some, with someone else, just not your family members. Why not? You did that? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think most of the parents will feel like, what? Should I let them go alone? Yeah, I think a lot of parents will be anxious about this. And what about if the children, you need to let them go? Um, sometimes just not a need, but will you let them go if, you, if they want to travel by their own? To the aunties in Bindango, to who in Sipu or somewhere else, they travel by bus, they go along. Can you let them go? Are you able to do that? Why not? When we ask about, when we think about these questions, we always say, oh, parents doesn't let them go. Parents doesn't let them do this or that. Parents, parents is all about parents. Why we won't say the Sunday school teachers? Why we don't say the church leaders? Why we don't say the pastors don't let them go? Why is it always the parents is mentioned? Why? Because parents is the greatest influencer in a child's life. Sunday school teachers can only teach one hour per week about faith in the church, and that's it. But parents can spend a lot of time in daily life teaching them about life in faith. That's the difference. So today we, we are looking from this passage. Um, there are some questions that I want all of us to think about and reflect from this passage. So can you turn, to, turn your Bible uh, to this passage, Luke chapter 2? Uh, because I won't put the passage on the PowerPoint. Yeah, so it will be nice if you can refer your phone or your Bible. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. The passage that was read just, uh, just now, I won't, I won't repeat it again. But I, I wanted you to find the answer from the passage. My question is, is Jesus following the crowd? Is Jesus following the crowd? 
heading, uh, going back home. Is Jesus in the crowd? Yes? No. He is not in the company. He doesn't follow the, his parents, the relatives, the whole group of people from his hometown. He is not in the crowd. How long after, after they leave Jerusalem, just then Joseph and Mary found out that Jesus is not with them? How long is that? How long? One day. Yeah, where is it? In verse 44. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. They don't know that Jesus is not in the, in the whole group of people. For one day, they don't know Jesus, Jesus wasn't there. After all, where did they finally find Jesus? Where is that? Where did Joseph and Mary found Jesus? Jerusalem. To be exact, where in the Jerusalem? In the temple courts. Yeah, Jesus is in the temple court in Jerusalem. And that is how long after they search for Jesus. Three days. So total, since Jesus is not in the group until they found Jesus, how long is the time? Four days in total. Four days. At that time, how old is Jesus? Twelve. Very good. So from all these details, can you imagine what kind of education that can bring out Jesus in such a way that he can be independent at the age of 12 for four days alone in a foreign town. That is not his hometown. He is not familiar with that city. Jerusalem is not his hometown, but Jesus stayed there for four days alone without his parents, without his relatives, without his uh, friends, his, the, um, those elder um, the adults from his village, no one. All are foreigners to him. So can you imagine 12 years old, Jesus stayed there for four days. Think of your children. Can your child at age of 12 do that? Can they survive for four days alone somewhere else? at the age of 12. So behind all these details, there are a lot of things not stated in the Bible. But as we think it this way, we'll find out that Jesus and Mary is really, um, Joseph and Mary, they are really amazing. How could they bring out a kid until age of 12 who can handle this? Four days living by his own. Does Jesus know where to find food? Does he know where to go for to buy food? That is not his hometown. 
How much money does did he have? Did he know how to allocate the money to survive throughout the journey? Where is he going to stay overnight? Four days, three nights. Where was he staying? Can he differentiate good people or bad people? How could he do that? As they found Jesus, if you look at the passage, let me ask you, is he calm? Jesus is calm. In verse 46, saying, After three days they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Not anxious at all. Not worried. There's Jesus at the age of 12. How could Mary, Joseph and Mary bring up such a children? When we think about all these details, although the Bible doesn't tell us all the details about the childhood of Jesus, except for this passage, just touch a little bit about Jesus, the incident that happened at his age of 12. But if we think about all these questions and details, we will realize that Joseph and Mary are amazing. How did they do that? How can they educate Jesus so well that he can be so independent, living for four days in a foreign city by his own, all by his own alone, and he is not anxious, not worried at all. The things that I want to say, this is the influence of the parents. Parents can bring a lot of impact in a child's life. Let us look at these two fractions. If you, if you are an investor, which return rate, if this is return rate, which return rate will you choose? Adults? <laughs> the first one or the second one? Uh, first one. Even the young, young children, they know. The first one. Why is it the first one? The return rate is about 17, around 17%. Yeah, but what does, the, what does this reflect? If you, were, if you are an investor, you know what to choose. But when you come to Sunday school, seems like it doesn't work that way. Why is 168? 24 times 7 equals to 168. What does that mean? That means in our whole week, 24 hours, 7 days, altogether 168 hours. And in such a, um, in such a period of time in the whole week, the one means the time where Sunday school teachers teach your child about the religion, about faith. It's only one hour in the whole 168 hours. So can you imagine that we believe Sunday school teachers can do better in that one hour than parents? But I think most of us 
we believe that, which is not true. Parents spend more time with children. Among that 168 hours, we deduct uh, the sleeping hours, uh, at average seven to eight hours per week, uh, per, per day, each day, times seven. And then we deduct the time where they go to school, and we deduct the time when there is no connection at all. That means you, you watch your TV, they play their handphone, they do their own things, there is zero connection at all. If we, re, if we deduct all those hours, that's the hours that remains, 30 hours or less. 30 hours is actually quite ideal already. Yeah, that means we, we have uh, like four hours plus an average uh, to be with our children per week, uh, per day. So every week we have around 30 hours. That's a time when parents, you can influence your children. You can educate your children in terms of Christianity, in, ter in terms of faith. So that's why parents play a more important role in educating your children in faith so that they know more about Christianity and faith. If we look at this fraction in another way, if the 168 means the, um, the rate, um, this fraction means the rate the, that the children will come to know Jesus, they will uh, confess uh, to be a Christian, they want to believe Jesus um, Christ and let Jesus be their savior. If that's the rate, can you imagine if we believe the one hour can do all about the teaching of our faith, then the turnout, the rate, the return rate is one over 168. So can you imagine among 168 Sunday school children, after years, years after years of uh, learning in Sunday school in that one hour per week, only one of 168 really come to Jesus Christ. So that's a great difference. If parents play the role well, then the percentage will raise up. So we can say if we really believe Sunday school can Sunday school is enough to do all the job about teaching the faith, then that's the rate, I'll say. So if there's more than that, I'll say there is miracle to have more than one to come to Christ among the 168 children in Sunday school. The next generation is not the church's future, but this generation. This is the awareness that we must have. If we think our future is the next generation, then it's too late because we don't even can catch them. Maybe they are not even here now. Where is our next generation? If they are not here, then where is our future? So this generation plays 
the important role. If only this generation will know how important it is, they will pick out the role to educate our children. Unless we know that well or else, we won't have future. Let me put it this way. We give offering, uh, one-tenth of our offering to the church in terms of money. We know that. What about time? Did you offer one-tenth of your time for God to use? 168 hours, 10% is around 17 hours. I give you some discount. 14 hours per week. That means two hours per day. Are you willing to offer up two hours per day to teach your children, your grandchildren about faith? Don't think that two hours is too difficult. It's a time when you fetch your children to school, traffic jam, and then fetch them back from school, send them to tuition school, uh, send them for piano lessons, for swimming lessons. The time on road itself could be two hours or more already. It's not that difficult. The time when you have meal together, the time when you wash all the dish, dishes, you do your house chores together with your child, if you include all those time, I will say it's more than 14 hours per week. So if you can take the opportunity, if you can intentionally really talk to your children in that, in those hours, that will make a big difference. And that's the one-tenth offering of your time that you can do. Grab all this opportunity to connect with your children and that will impact the whole generation, and then we can have future. If we are not aware of the importance of such a time and your role, then we don't have future. And look at this passage again. Um, if we realize Jesus is not only living in um, his family only, not living under his parents only, we will realize that he is living in a big community, a community which Joseph and Mary, they, they feel safe to let Jesus be with them. If you look at verse 43, saying, after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled for a day. Can you imagine, as a parent, you let your children hanging around with other people for one full day that you don't even know where they are, you don't even know what they are they doing. If you are a parent, can you do that? Are there friends that you can trust? Are there relatives that you can trust? Up to an extent, they are playing around. You don't even need to know where they are and what are they doing. You know they are safe because you trust that community. 
This is the trust that Joseph and Mary they have in Jesus, and also in the community. They trust that Jesus is、um, is good. Jesus will behave well, and they trust also the community. They won't harm harm Jesus. So that's why they they can let Jesus playing around, hang around in that community with the friends and relatives. If we say they are very, they trust the whole community. That is unrealistic. Also, yeah, when they they realize that Jesus is not in the crowd, not in the company, so where are they find finding Jesus? In verse forty four, saying they began、uh, the 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 second half of the verse. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. Because they guess Jesus must be with someone in the company in the crowd. They could be this auntie, could be that uncle, could be this friend or that friend in the group of people whom they trust very much. So that means they they don't. It's unrealistic that they trust the whole crowd, but they trust at least a few families, at least their relatives, at least some of their friends. There, who they can let Jesus playing around with them. So that's that. That's the point that I want to say. Faith is in a community. The education of faith、um, is in a community. Like a church, we should be a community. Is faith Methodist Church? A community that you feel safe. Do you feel safe to let your kids run around, play with others for one whole day? Do you feel safe? Is there any families or couples that you feel safe that you can let your children be with them for one whole day? Is there any in your small group or any people in this church? That you can call and ask for help. Is there anyone that you will find when you are sick? Is there anyone that you can trust, and you can tell them everything about your trouble, about your、um, your your joy, about the incidents in your life, or even you can cry before them. Is there anyone? That you can trust up to this extent in this community. As an Asian, especially Chinese, I guess we,、uh, most of us, we are quite afraid of、um, making trouble for others. So we find it hard to ask for help from others, right?、Uh, we will think, "Oh, is I'm troubling him, I'm troubling her." Uh, I shouldn't do that, so I just keep quiet when I need help.、Uh, so, does that that doesn't reflect a healthy community of a church? That will make you alienate yourself from this whole community because you don't want to trouble anyone, and you won't connect with anyone because even connecting with someone you feel it troublesome. Uh, you need to trouble trouble that person、uh, to come out to have a tea, have a coffee.、Uh, 
that will take up his or her time. So it's troublesome. I better don't bother anyone. So there's a kind of life that will alienate you and this community. So in the community of church, we should not be afraid of making trouble. Uh, of course, we don't make great troubles uh, intentionally, but we, don't, we shouldn't feel it that way that we are making trouble for others if, if we, we are asking help from someone. Throughout the whole year, uh, last year, um, we visited a few uh, newborn babies. Yeah, actually since the year before, when, since we have a young uh, newborn baby, then we realized that it's, it's a thing that we need to do to care for the um, uh, the, the family with newborn babies, the new uh, parents, the young parents. It's not easy to take care of young parents. They will find it very troublesome to go out from the house, to go to church, to go for shopping or anything. They just find it so troublesome that they want to stay at home with the children, and that's it, not going anywhere. And in such, uh, in our visitations in, um, to these families, I think we visited all together six, uh, six families with six young parents with uh, newborn babies. And we just find it, they are very, it's very difficult for them to seek for help. Some of them, they do have help from their own families. Their parents are around, so their parents can help them. But some of them, just no one around. They don't even find their friends. So they are staying here alone with the young baby. So they struggle a lot because they don't even know who to seek for help. They don't want to trouble anyone, even we, tr- we offer ourselves to help. And they just stay in their home with a baby struggling through the whole period of time. And that's the life, that's the kind of people that we will have in our community. And if you, you are this kind of people, and actually you are alienating you, yourself from this whole community. And since we have um, baby, we have children, we always learn to seek help from others. Especially uh, for us, especially Sundays, because uh, most of the time I'll be in the church, and in my how in my home only my wife and the uh, and the child. So sometimes it's um, it's quite difficult for her. So um, on and off we will we will seek help from our small group. We will open up uh, and ask a few a few people if they they can come over to play with our daughter. And that, that will be a great help. Sometimes, to be honest, sometimes we are disappointed because of the promise. They promised to come, but end up cannot make it, or end up they have other things that they, they delay their, uh, the time when they come. So to us, um, we struggle through that process, but it's a process that we learn to seek help from others, and that build out the connection of us. And so in the community, that's the things that we need to learn, that we seek help from one another and build out a community that we can trust each other, 
not to say the whole church, but at least a few families in your small group, a few people in your small group that you can trust, that your child can go to their house to overnight, to play with them, uh, just traveling somewhere uh, with a few um, parents or adults that you trust. This can be done in a faith community. And that should be the way a church is. And in such a process, actually it's a very good learning ground for the children. Because throughout the process, it's a process of serving one another um, between the adults or even between the um, children and parents or adults or children and grandparents. They learn a lot in that process. We, we don't need to think that all the 30 hours we spend with our children, we need to do everything. But that time we can share with one another. We can share with our grandparents. They can take out a few hours uh, taking care of the children. Or some of the adults of your small groups, they can, taking care, they can take care of your children. And that's a process where your children can learn a lot. They observe a lot. They look at the way, your, um, the way you interact with your spouse and they will observe how the other parents, they interact. They will observe this Coco and that today they are in relationship. They can sense that and they, they will learn about relationship from there. They will learn a lot of things in the community. And that should be the way they're building up children and they will grow in every aspect. They learn to deal with adults. They learn to deal with other children. They learn to deal with Gong Gong Popo in the church, the uncle aunties in the church. They learn to be in this community. And that should be the church. That's the way a church should look like. This is a um, diagram um, by Stuart Cummings Bond. He's a, a church, is uh, a youth worker, and he said this. He said, "Our church, um, actually, we are in a very great challenge that our church is separated in various ministries, and we don't have deep relationship with one another." and from there, the church can hardly move on because from Sunday school, we have children ministry and those children, they can hardly move on to um, youth, youth ministry, youth fellowship. They find it hard to connect with them. And the youth, they find it hard to connect with adults. And the adults, they find it hard to connect with elderly people. So each age group is divided with various ministries. So it will look like this. The church is at the center in a big circle and youth ministry is just a small circle uh, uh, attaching to the church. So the connecting part is just a very little part of it is overlapping with the church. So that turns out like the whole church, you won't know much about the young people in the church. Who are they? You don't know. What are their names? You don't know. But how can you get to know them? Only through the few youth workers or the advisors or the pastors, and that's it. 
That's the only connection of the church and this group of youth. And that's the situation in um, in US, in the churches of US. And that is why we find it so difficult to connect from uh, the, to connect different age groups. So a lot of people lost in in the process. So for Sunday school, they find it hard to move on to, to join youth. So about half of them were gone. They won't join youth. For the youth, they find it hard to join young adults. So about half of them were lost. So for young adults, they find it hard to join adults. So about another half will lost from there. How many half can you lose from that process? And that's the situation that we are in. So he called this one-year Mickey Mouse syndrome. Ah, it's our church in one-year Mickey Mouse syndrome. Or oh, we have various ministries that like a lot of years attaching the head and it's just not at the center of the church. That's a problem that we are facing. Actually, all these are stated in this book, The DNA of D6 by Ron Hunter. Yeah, the one over um, 168 fraction and also the one year Mickey Mouse. Yeah, he stated this in, um, in some parts of this book, this book. He emphasized that we should make all the ministry unite in one church. All the ministries shouldn't be a stand-alone little circle attaching only a little part of the circle to the main circle, to the church. And we should try to bring all the ministries into the church and, and enhancing the connection of the whole church and all the ministries and we should be one in one community. That is how the church should look like. Reimagine Sunday school. Parents, this generation is the future of the church. If we don't know our role, if we still think that Sunday school teachers is enough to do all the works about teaching the faith, then we already lost the next generation. Unless you are aware of it and we grasp, we take up the opportunity, we really intentionally in that 30 hours per week with our children, we intentional, intentionally build our children up, disciple them in that 30 hours. The education of faith is important in community. We are a church. We shouldn't do it alone and suffer. We should make this job, make this effort, the effort of a community. And that's the thing that we need to learn, to learn to make ourselves be connected with other people in the church and build out deep relationship with one another to an extent that we can trust them fully. And from there, we can build up a community. So Ron Hunter, in his book, he suggests how can we reimagine Sunday school? How can we move on from our current situation? 
In his book, he stated that we should shift our focus from children alone to equipping parents and children at the same time. At least we equip parents, shifting the focus on uh, to equip equipping parents so that the parents can take up that 30 hours per week to educate their children in terms of faith. That's the shift. That's the things that we can reimagine about Sunday school or else for sure we lost our future. Let us pray. Lord, as we come to you and from your word, we can imagine how great is the work of Joseph and Mary, how amazing they are in bringing up Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray that you help us to learn from them, not only letting our children to join Sunday school and think that one hour is enough, but Lord, help us to take up the role to teach our children about you in the other 30 hours in our daily life. Lord, help us so that we can obey your word. We can obey your command that we teach our children, whether we are walking, whether we are sitting, we are lying down or we are waking up. In our daily life, we want to discuss your word. We want to uh, talk about your work with our children in our everyday life. And that should be, that is your command. So Lord, help us to shift our focus on Sunday school teachers to us ourselves. If we don't take out the role and we, then we will lose our future. We will lose our next generation. So Lord, help us. We confess our sin before you because of our uh, narrow view, narrow-minded. Lord, help us. Open our eyes that we see how great is our influence. That we can we we are willing to take out the role to teach our children, to help them to love Jesus more and more. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.